Have you guys ever been in a forest? Probably not because you live in West Texas. A few of you have. Okay. So some of you, yeah, that's what I mean, like woods or the forest, but like real woods, not like that one little clump of trees you see sometimes. Like you've been in a forest. Okay. You've been in a forest of dead trees. That can work too. So sometimes when you're walking through like woods or a forest or whatever, um, you can get to the point where like you kind of don't know where you are anymore because it's just trees. When you're walking through like through the uh, the woods or the forest or whatever, it, you can get lost. It's very easy to get lost. When I was a kid, when back in Royal Rangers, we used to go to powwow, and uh, powwow in Florida is in is in the woods, and so. Um, We'd be out camping, you know, and if you started wandering off, you get lost, and then you're like, okay, it's just trees, and you're really confused. But sometimes when, when you're in that case, you get to a little clearing, this little open spot that helps you get your, your bearings again. You're like, okay, I remember this little clearing or whatever. And that's how life can be. Like sometimes it's super easy to get so into the details of the day and to get so into like what you're doing and the things you've got to do and the homework you've got and the tests that are coming up and all those things that sometimes we need a little clearing to help us get our bearings. And that's what worship really is. Like the things of this life, our circumstances, the hurts, our sins, those things are a dense, dense forest that, that keep us from seeing God clearly, right? And then we hit that clearing, and that's when we get to see God. And that's how worship is. And so what, we, we got to figure out what is worship. Like that's, the, that's the, the question we're trying to answer tonight is what is worship? We're going to start in Romans 12.1. So Romans 12.1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, mercy, not God's mercy, I don't know who God's mercy is, um, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So Paul, in Romans here, is talking about worship. And the first thing he says after telling you who he's talking to, he's like, okay, I'm talking to you, brothers and sisters. That's you. Y'all didn't know you were a brother, did you? Or you're a sister, really, but you know. You knew you were a brother? No. <laughs> you know, brothers and sisters, it says, in view of God's mercy, which tells me the big thing, the first thing we have to know about worship is that worship is at its foremost, it's about how we view God. Because if we don't have a proper view of God, then we don't know how to worship. And how we how much we value God is partly based on what we hold true about him. So somebody tell me something that is true about God. Yes. God is love, okay? Yes, I'll take that. Somebody else, just shout it out. Something that is true about God, yes. Merciful, good all the time, yeah. Yeah, what else is true about God? We got good, we got merciful, we got love. He's all-knowing. Omnipotent. He's king, omniscient, yeah, omniscient, omnipotent. Omnipotent being all-power, omniscient being all-knowing. Um, Omnipresent is the other one you were looking for, which means he's everywhere. No beginning and no end, Alpha and Omega. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, yeah, you guys got most of them. Powerful, loving, kind. He's just. We know that. He's merciful. He's pure and holy. We know all these things about God. Now, how do we know these things about God? The Bible tells us. Yes, the first thing is because of the Bible, the Word of God, right, tells us all these things. How else do you know about God? What other ways do you know about God? Personal experience, yes, absolutely. Or the experience, or the uh, you know, the experience of others. You hear testimonies, you learn things that you know, like you hear other people talk about it. Yeah, there's there's a few other ways. What other ways do you know? How do you, how do you know about God? 
Songs, okay. That, yeah, that's kind of the word, but yeah. Tell me something. How do you know stuff about, about Ashton? Because you talk to her, which we call what? Conversation. What do we call it when we converse with God? Prayer. There we go. Okay. Prayer. Yeah, we learn things about God by communicating with him through prayer. That's true. And, uh, and there's one other way that I want, that I, that I want you all to get. And it kind of goes back to the illustration I was using at the beginning. Huh? Can I give you a hint? I did, yeah, just, you, what was that at the beginning? No, the, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Anybody, you, you just went to the Grand Canyon, right? Okay. So, when you used to, and if y'all haven't been to the Grand Canyon, go, because postcards and pictures you can't even like that's not even the same like it, you get there and you're like wow why did they even bother taking pictures because you it doesn't even the scope is so ridiculous so the other way is through nature like like you see certain things in nature and the bible in the psalms even talks about how the stars proclaim the heavens proclaim the glory of god right is in the psalms and so nature tells us that god is who he says he is because Nobody else could have done that. Like when you see crazy things in nature, we think about what all it took to, for nature to, to happen. And that, to me, that's evidence of God. So we know like how we, 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 we know how we know about God. Now, what, and we know what God has done for us, right? Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ did what? Died for us. Christ died for us. Yeah. So we know about God through the, through the word, through our own experience, through nature, through prayer. We know what God has done for us because the Bible, the Bible tells us what he did for us. So when we live in that knowledge, like, okay, I know what, who God is. I know what he, what he said he is and what, what he's done. That becomes the thing that we focus on. That's that clearing. Like, like when we think about, okay, this is what God has done for us. That becomes that clearing where we worship. Worship is how we focus on what God has done for us and who he is. That is why believers, even in like closed countries, like I'm sure next time Andre's here, she'll probably be able to share like her trip to India. You know, there's times when people get persecuted and they can't be really obvious about what about what what happened or whatever but these countries that are close to the gospel those believers many times are the most joyful people you'll ever meet because their focus is not on the trees it's on that clearing and it's on what God has done for us and when that happens we are no longer controlled by our own desires our own emotions and the people around us we get driven by him and by what he's done for us and what he's called us to do and so when we really are worshiping God and really focused on him our priorities become like his and his priorities become ours Right, and that's when we begin to really experience full living. When we really think about God's love for us, it changes everything. John one, first John three one says, "How great is the love the Father has done what lavished." That doesn't mean a little bit. Like, like if somebody lavishes something, that means a whole lot. Okay, that's like, okay, like, like if I were to put a little bit of water on you, just sprinkle some water on you, that's not lavishing. But if I pour a bucket of water on your head, now I've lavished water on you. That's a weird, it's a weird example, but y'all get it, okay? How the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. So when we focus on God, then all of a sudden we have a clearer view of who God is. But, that, but um, in, uh, it said, but then, okay, I got lost there for a second. 
So when we know that, okay, so like we focus on that, then we have to respond in some way. Like, okay, when you see something amazing, we have to respond. And so worship truly is our response to that. Like, okay, we know who God is. We know what God has done for us. Now it's time for us to respond to that. Because if somebody says, hey, here's a million bucks, you're not just going to be like, and walk away, right? You're going to respond in some way. You're going to say, thank you. You're going to, what can I do for you? You know, um, some of y'all might just walk away. I don't know. But, and so we have to respond. Okay, John 4, 23 talks about this. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. So, so God is telling us, Jesus told us how to respond, okay? He said in spirit and in truth, right? We have to worship in spirit and in truth. And, and worshiping in spirit is kind of the opposite of what we think of as worship. Like when you think of worship, what do we think of? Singing. Music is like the first thing that always comes up, right? You think, of, oh, yeah, I'm listening to worship music or we're in a worship service or this is the worship set. And I've used it. I've used that word in those terms a lot. But... When we really think about it, worshiping in spirit has nothing to do with songs. It has nothing to do with music. And as a musician, you know, that's kind of a hard truth for me to accept sometimes. But it has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is the, our spirits and our emotions responding to God and to what he's done for us, you know. And you know what? When we worship in spirit, yes, there will be a, a physical response as well. That's where raising hands and those kind of things come from. But it starts in here. Worship is not about... I went up front and I raised my hands because that's what the rest of the youth at camp were doing. Or I went up and I jumped around because that's what everybody at camp is doing. That's jumping around and singing. That's not worshiping. So worship is about a response here. You know, it, Jesus is saying that worship engages and involves the depths of who we are. And, and it's impossible unless God has already inwardly transformed us. Now, it's that we have to worship in spirit and in truth. And so the question is, how do we do that? Like, how do we become the worshipers that the Father is looking for? Well, it's, worshiping is about, and truth is about more than just emotion. Yes, there is an emotional part of it, but, but then we know the truth of who he is, which we already talked about. He's, he's all-knowing, he's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the president, he's loving, he's all those things, which is true. We know that truth, and then it becomes a reflection of that. Like, you know, when you hear, y'all ever seen, like, on TV, like on a, on a reality show, when somebody wins the million dollars, what do they do? They yell and they scream and they jump and they hug whoever's closest to them, right? You know, or whatever it may be. Sometimes they really awkwardly hug the host, which is my favorite. When they like come at the, when they come at, you know, Pat, no, that was about to be a really terrible example. I was going to say Pat Sajak, but none of y'all watch Wheel. So, um, you know, they come at the host and they give them a really awkward hug and the host is like, uh, okay, right? Super cool. Because um, there's a physical response. When we have this incredible truth, that's where the physical part of worship comes from. Is that a response, a physical response to what God is, is done? You know, it's showing our external things to show our affections and adoration for Him. Um, worshiping in truth means showing up with our lives and not just with our mouths. You know, it's one thing to say, God, I worship you. It's a whole other thing for your life to, to act that out every day, not just when we're here in worship or in church. Because worshiping here in the church is great. And I love the way y'all respond. And when you raise your hand and clap, that's awesome. But if our lives don't reflect that outside, then we're not worshiping. We're just acting. We're putting on a show. Okay. And that is definitely not worship. That is not what worship is about. It is about, it is about our action, the whole of our lives. And it's about when we 
decide we're going to do what God has asked us to do or be what God has called us to be. It's not about me anymore. It's about what God wants. And we step outside of our comforts and our presence so that we can follow Jesus. That is the true test of a worshiper. God said the day is, Jesus said the day is coming when we worship in spirit and in truth. And when that truth begins to invade every part of our lives, it begins to invade our our days and our days at school and our days at work and everything that we do, that's when we are truly worshiping and not just singing a song. When we see how God values us and we put away the small stuff and we begin to value him and then we begin to respond to him in authentic ways, not just because it's the way everybody else does it, but authentically respond to the truth of who God is, that's when we are truly worshiping. So let's pray. God, I come before you tonight, God, knowing that, Lord, that it can be difficult at times to do that. God, I pray that you would give us that clearing. God, every day, multiple times a day, God, just remind us of the truth of who you are and what you've done. God, remind us of the truth of your love for us and remind us of the truth of of what you did for us on the cross, God, and don't let us... Just go through our days think, staring at the trees, God. But I pray that every day you would put us in situations, God, where we stop in that clearing and we look and we get a little perspective and we see we're reminded who you are and what, what you've done, God. That might be a time when a scripture verse comes to mind. It might be a time when, when we have five minutes to pull, pull out the Bible and read. It might be a time when somebody asks us to pray for them and we have the opportunity to stop and pray and focus on you for a few minutes. And God, I just pray that you would bring those situations to our lives. God, that worship would not be about singing songs at church on Sundays and Wednesdays or, or running during when the song says we run or any of those kind of things, as good as those things are, God. But that your truth would be revealed in us and that we would see that clearly every day. God, and we would not be afraid to respond. We would not be ashamed to respond, Lord, in the appropriate ways, God, the ways that you would like us to and and you want us to, God, that our response to you would be natural and would be, God, just something that we can't even control, God. God, that our lives outside of this building and outside of these service times, Lord, would be a reflection of you and that people around us would see the worship in our lives, God, even when we're not singing or we're not clapping or dancing, God, but, but through the way we live and the way we speak to those around us, God, that true worship would just exude from us. God, I pray right now that you would simply take over our lives. And God, that everything that we do and everything that we say would point people towards you. God, that is the true worship. Lord, when people are seeing you reflected in us, and I pray that that would be the case. God, I pray for the testing that's going on this week and, and God, for the last several weeks of school here, God, these last couple months, Lord, pray focus on these students. I pray blessings on them. I I pray, God, that their relationships would be, would be godly and would be healthy. I pray that, God, their families would be, uh, would be firm in you. God, I just pray for Permian right now, Lord. I pray that as they have another instance of, of this teacher, of a teacher getting in trouble. God, I pray for the students. Lord, I pray for those that are brokenhearted, God, that, that trusted this man and that, that, that relied on this man. God, I pray that you would be 
the healer of those families, God, of, of those people. God, I pray for his children, Lord, that your presence would make, its, make itself known in, in his life. And God, that our students who are on that campus, God, would be a representative of how to, how to respond in love and how to respond in, in level-headedness and how not to, to go off the deep end on things, God, but to, God, just to, to be a, a reflection of you and an example of the way you would handle this situation. God, we pray over that whole situation, God, and every person that is involved, every administrator, every other teacher, every student, every friend, God, who, who has to deal with that, Lord, just that you would have your hand all over that situation. God, we know that you have good plans for us, and so tonight, God, we thank you, and we love you. We're so grateful for that. God, and it's in your name we pray.